Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. It's your boy Dave from the revived New Era Sense podcast. Old podcast, new faces, same old goodies. With me now, you got our friends Phil, who is at Pilau on Twitter, and Eric, who is at Eric Sampson93 on Twitter. Those are going to be the co-hosts for the season. We're going to have a killer season, even though right now the Sens are killing shit. Um, but that's okay, boys. That's okay. Uh, how's the day going, guys? It's not just good. It's good. Not too bad. It was a pretty relaxed night. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Uh, so let's just get into it, boys. I'm going to start with uh, Pierre Duran getting fired. Steo's kind of stepping in right now. Um, so we don't have a GM. We have an interim GM in Steve Steos. Uh, his, uh, it, say his experience is minimal uh, in the NHL. Uh, spent one year with the Oilers. As a GM, though, he spent some time, you know, working for Antlauer before. Uh, do you guys think PD firing was the right thing? Uh, I'm assuming a lot of us are probably going to say yes. There shouldn't be a single no in the house. But uh, what do you guys make of the firing, the timing of the firing, and do you guys have any potential candidates you'd like to see replace them? Let's start with you, Phil. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought it was a little late to uh, to have it done. I thought it would have happened. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought right off the bat that Ann Lauer, after the preseason, if things didn't, like, progress, that they uh, would have just been like, bye, guys, see you later. Um, as for potential replace- replacements, uh, Matsir Darsh is the one that stands out the most to me. And seeing how he's helped with uh, reshape the – um, whatever that is, the hockey operations and whatnot in Tampa as uh, with being the director of play development. I think he would be suited for our, uh, our, our house and see, suited for our team. Fair enough. What about you, Eric? What do you think of the timing? What do you think of the decision? And do you have any replacements that you would like to see? Um. Actually, Phil pretty much nailed everything. Um, I, w- I w- c- would say I wouldn't mind seeing Spezza maybe come in his his place, but I'd, I'd say for now, um, p- probably the uh, Matthew Dash. Okay, sweet. Um, so... There's a lot of rumors going around. There's a lot of names being thrown out there. Uh, Darsh is obviously one of the really good options. Um, what do you guys think of the potential maybe like Alfredson kind of stepping in as an AGM and like bringing up Rick Bonus for the rest of the season? Uh, have him kind of be interim, and if he does well, bring him permanently, replace him with Daniel Alfredson. What would you guys think of that idea? I would say that that's pretty bang on because you would get – the fan base to 
Um, go with the team even more with Alfie being such an iconic name um, and just having him back in, in the like managerial side. I, I think it, it would work at Twerko pretty good. What about you, Phil? Be kind of similar to how they treated um, Marty St. Louis there in Montreal, bringing him in on an inter basis, on a trial basis for the season to see how he meshed with the locker room um, and seemed to be doing pretty good for him. Bonus would make sense as an inter, like, as an interim GM or as a permanent replacement, seeing how he's been around the organization now for the last couple of years, especially being uh, the GM in Belleville. He knows the guys. And having Alfie there would definitely help having the AGM role because it's not a mostly hands-on. He can stay back in Ottawa, help out here with player development and also being that good face there that everybody recognizes. And right now, I think we really need a face in that position. Uh, even not as a, the general manager, but even as an assistant general manager, somebody who can kind of you know take the camera a bit more uh, that we trust. I think uh, I think that'd be a really good choice if we did that. Um, moving on, injuries. Holy shit! So, I mean, who's not injured is probably the easier conversation to talk about on the defensive side of things. Um, our our injuries are killing us. They're absolutely killing us. I, I'm sitting here saying, like, Clevin has looked really good. He has. I'd say Montebello, but they haven't played very much. I think they're averaging under seven minutes of ice time each in a game. And I think they're both ready to take on more. Like, Clevin is ready to step up. I think you could put him even on the second pairing as the number 4D, and I think he would look great. Um, now, one of the things that bothers me is we're doing exactly what we did before, which is putting too many minutes on the top guys and burning them out. And it's just, we're looking stupid. Phil, what do you think about that? buddy? Accurate. Um, seeing how many minutes um, Chikrin's been playing the last, last few games with Shabbat being out, he's averaging almost 30 minutes a night. And with him being injury prone as it is, that's not something that you want, especially early on in the season. Um, I might add that would be maybe something towards down the stretch. If we are making that playoff run, Having, having some of the guys maybe take a little bit more, uh, especially having to contend for a lead and whatnot there. Uh, I thought Clevin looked good on Saturday when I was at the game. I didn't see much of Matt and Paolo, and I didn't really see much uh, of Clevin, but when I did see him on the ice, he was, he was everywhere, uh, using his body as he should. I think in like a year or two, it definitely has that permanent position in that, uh, in that top four, I think it would be unreal having him, Shabbat, uh, Sanderson, and even Chikrin uh, in our top four. That is, I think, solid. And then having Zub definitely rounding out in that top six. But good. Yeah, I think it. next year. I think next year they should just pay Haber his million and you know whatever, let him walk. Yeah, let him sit in this box and call it a day. Uh, Eric, what do you think about kind of where we're at and with Clevin and Monty playing? And what have you been seeing? What do you think? Um, I I agree. I the last game I watched and I and I seen um, a couple of Clevin shifts. He's you can really see why he gets that a big physical name for just being like 
an imposing player. Some of those hits were nasty. Um, I I do think that he's he's capable of of handling more minutes if needed given to him to take it off of Hitchikern a little bit. Um, and maybe not. I give him too much with him being a rookie, but I definitely think that he can handle it. Fair enough. And uh, since Norse has come back, he came in hot and heavy. Uh, got two goals in his first game, and he was rolling. It's been good. He's been on a little bit more of a colder streak. Uh, that being said, the whole team has, so we can't really blame him. Uh, once one superstar is going, they're all going. Uh, if one's not going, then none of them are going. Uh, what do you think of Norse's play over the last few games since he's been back, Eric? Um, I, I honestly think that he could play better. I, I don't think he's, he's playing where he is capable of. Um, but also with him coming back from injury, a bit of a slow start, in my opinion. Um, maybe he's, he's just hopefully warming himself up. Billy, what do you think, bud? He's got a very quiet point per game average right now, actually. Uh, sitting at seven points, seven games. So he's a, mi- he's a minus three right now, which is, I guess, a little struggling, but the whole team is, as you said. Uh, I think once he gets back into his regular routine, especially after mi- only playing eight games last season and being being out for like almost 100 games over the last two two years, it's hard to find a rhythm. But once I think he gets going, I think, you know, at this rate, he's almost at will be probably forty goals this season if he continues at his pace. Fair enough. Uh, one thing that's really bothered me, and there was rumors about uh, Schmeckel today flying back to Europe, which thankfully turned out to be false rumors. Um, I don't remember who reported it, but whoever reported, screw you. Um, <laughs> why has he not been called back up? He he looked really good in the preseason like he looked really good he looked physical he was smart um you know there's a lot of times he wasn't really noticeable on the ice which is typically a good thing when you're trying to be a fourth liner and you're just trying to give the guys a break uh what's your opinion on Nash back with there phil i uh, i saw him pretty much almost every preseason game um and even on the tv like you said was there physical um he was everywhere he was a guy who I was hoping and rooting for that he would have made the team medical, which would have been nice because I think he would have been perfect in even in like you said in a fourth line role. Signing McEwen was pointless. Uh, you, we don't need guys that fight. We need guys that are physical, but also guys that can score, and that aren't afraid to use that use that body. Having to be honest with you, even though Kostelik hasn't played very well um, so far this season, now he's out with an injury, but that's neither here nor there, having him on that fourth line with Kelly and, and Casty, it would have been a very big physical force because Kelly was all over the ice. And it's probably one of the best games I've seen him play physically on Saturday. He might get a, um, I think an assist, but he, it was, it was perfect. Smeckle. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Dorian said, Hey, you're going to have a spot. And then, DJ was like, yeah, no, there's nothing. And it was elite prospects uh, that put that out there. Cause I guess from one of their people, they heard that he was going to be loaned back to his, 
team that he was playing in before he came here. Elite prospects don't swing and miss very often, so that's a that's a bit of a shocker. Yeah. For the McEwen thing, my thing with McEwen, I think he was uh, an impulse purchase. Seeing Lucic back in the conference and then Revo going to Toronto, yeah. And I mean, none of them have really made a splash on their teams. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was just a waste of money. But uh, <laughs> Eric, what do you think, buddy? With um, with Schmeckel, what do you think? I mean, you've watched him a little bit. What do you think? I I think he's a solid third or fourth liner, um, but they they're definitely not using him the way that he needs to be used. And to be honest, with the rumors that came out today, it wouldn't have surprised me if they were true. But he's, in my opinion, they're definitely fumbling. Um, Smackler right now um, he's he's uh, I'd, I'd say more capable than some of our bottom six players right now so I'd throw him in see what happens well that's another thing right like I said fourth line but he could easily step up in the third I think he would still exactly. fit into the third you know third line really well yeah um, moving on because I'm pretty pissed off about that but yeah. Corpus Allen <laughs> Corpus Allen Forsberg, the hot and cold start of the season. I remember in the offseason when we signed Corpus Allo, a lot of people had the same vibe as when we signed Talbot, where we weren't sure and all that other stuff. And other people were so excited. And I'll be honest, I was super stoked to sign Corpy. I thought he was going to be that solid guy who was going to come in with a 9-10 save percentage and he was going to steal games for us when we were having bad nights. And he's had some good games and still have Forsberg. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, uh, it just hasn't been quite – what we need and hopefully that steps you know they both step up uh but let's start with you phil what do you think of the you know the hot cold start with forzy and corpy i think our defense has been the biggest fumble there especially losing the last couple of guys uh with with zub and then now shabbat and brandstrom with that scary injury definitely has um made them fumble hard um it was sad to see Corby get pulled and then Forzy get brought brought in on Saturday. That doesn't happen very very often, at least for me be, seeing a live game. Uh, I think it's like my third time I've ever actually seen a goalie get pulled. Uh, but that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing is like our defense has has really struggled, um, and then poor game management on DJ's part. To be honest with you, uh, putting out fourth line players when the opposing team's first line was out. That happened multiple times on Saturday. Um, doesn't help when you've got like Stammer out there, Kucherov. You got Point out. You, you've even got like Sergachev and Hedman out there. Like those guys are those two D men alone have phenomenal shots. So having having those guys out there um, and having poor line ch- changes and poor defensive miscues because I saw Sanderson miss a couple pinches when, when he should have. And that's, you th- you think would be something for a rookie when he's not a rookie anymore. He's in his second year. And is it a sophomore, sophomore slump issue? Who knows? But that's the biggest thing I've noticed. Yeah. The rare mistakes by Sandy, but they're starting to come through with a little more pressure on him. And just, just touching base on, on the DJ thing. I don't think I've ever seen a coach with 301 games on his belt have so many freaking 
too many men on the ice penalties. I swear to God, I, I don't think I've ever seen a coach with this many, and he's only been for 300 games. And there's there's coaches that coach whatever seven eight hundred games that don't get that many, you know, too many men penalties. It drove me nuts to see. Yeah. And honestly, it's just absolutely useless. Useless penalties to take. They're stupid. Just to just to interrupt there for one second, just to give you an, an idea, he has tied John Cooper, and John Cooper has been behind Tampa's bench for like nine years. Shit. 40, 40, 42 since <laughs> been. So like on average, nine nine games a season, he has at least uh, yeah, at least nine nine a season. That's ridiculous. Uh, Eric, what do you think of the Corpy and Forsberg hot and cold start, man? What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Uh, I I definitely didn't predict this start that they've had. I, I did not see that coming at all. Um, but it, it, the whole signing Corpy, I I was on the fence about, but warmed up to it towards the end. Um, you've seen how, how he played for LA, and if – if he can play like that, then he's he's definitely capable of of being that one A. Um, but unfortunately, he's 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 had a very very roller coaster start in Ottawa. Um, Forzy, he's I don't know. He's he's hard to predict for me this year. He's 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 been so. Up and down that I just I don't, I don't even know anymore. No, and that's fair, dude. It's uh, it's such a tough spot, man. Because some of the goals, I'll agree, it's been poor defense and goalie doesn't stand a chance. But there's been goals where, for example, in Forsberg, I I caught a few where I'm just like, and I'm, this isn't against him. This isn't me being like he's shitty or anything. But like I've seen barely goalie stop some of these. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Some of the some of these goals have been really bad, and it's pissed me off. But like I said, I think what it is is you know you're missing some guys. You know you're a little worried about your D, and you're stressing out about it. You're too much pressure, which at the end of the day, you're an NHL goalie. The pressure shouldn't be a big deal. But again, they're only human, so you never know, right? So yeah. fucking yeah. it is what it is. Um, DJ Smith. So today we get reports that Steos is going to stick with them. He's going to give him as much time as he can, as much time as needed to get the team back together. Um, other reports from around, you know, we'll, we'll say around NHL Twitter. So a, a bunch of the armchair GMs are saying it's not going to be that long. Um, shout out to Lalim's Martian who gave us a cryptic, uh, a cryptic tweet like he usually does, uh, which made of us all of us assume that you know that's probably the next move that's coming down, but we don't know because. Martian just gives us a tip at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So, um, Phil, what do you think DJ status with the team is? Like, what do you think is actually going on in Steos's head as far as DJ's leash goes? I don't know, but I did happen to be uh, – so I was sitting in 217 on Saturday, and they were up in the booth, like up in the 400s at the Canadian Tire Center, right across from where I was, essentially. I could look up and I can see bonus and I can see Steos. I could see that he, Steos and Ryan were both on their phones a lot throughout the game and looked like they were typing long messages. Who knows what happens there? But when I was at the game on Saturday, it even towards the second period going into the third, um, 
they came out hot, but the minute they had a defensive miscue, which caused right after Brady scored, like the what I thought was going to be a momentum booster and swing the game's momentum in our favor, they scored literally seconds after the faceoff, and it looked like they had just given up. And when they were given up, and many times throughout the game, it just looked like they had given up on their leader and there was no uh, no benchings, no nothing. Um, it looked like I could see DJ like really, really pissed off, but like not doing anything about it. And for me, the biggest thing that stood out with him was with like 48 seconds left in the game, just left. Do you think when they're on their phones? Do you think when they're on their phones, they're they're making hockey bets like live bets on DraftKings <laughs> or something? Maybe, yeah. Maybe use the Pinto's account. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why he got suspended. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Eric, what do you think? DJ Smith, what's his uh, what's his lifespan in Ottawa? Uh, if if I, I was taking a guess, I'd I'd say his 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 time's probably coming to an end. I'd say very soon. Um, that his team can't afford to have this spiral down any more than it already is. Um, so, if if I were gonna take a wild guess, I'd I'd say he's had gone soon, and they. Well, likely bring in Wah, in my opinion, but I guess we'll see what happens. If Wah has found an outlet for his anger that's not public, I think he'd be a great coach because he's a no bullshit kind of guy. Exactly. No bullshit. Like he doesn't care if you're Stetson and you're playing like shit. Guess what? You're sitting for that third period, buddy. And that's just how that is. It's and that's one problem I have with DJ is uh, he doesn't reward the guys for being good and he doesn't punish the guys for being bad, and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got. Everyone says it, right? Like no one's. You need to be a hard ass. Yeah, yeah. We need so, we need we need that hard ass behind the bench at times. And yeah. DJ, I I wouldn't really say that he's that at all. Which is weird because he was always that hard ass kind of player, right? Do you think that's the attitude he'd have? Yeah. But I I think uh, if they don't come back between now and the end of the Europe trip, if they're not at you know sitting over five hundred, that's kind of where. He gets his boot is going to be that he'll enjoy his trip to Sweden, but if he's playing like shit, then it's going to be it right there. Exactly. Yeah. We'll probably leave him at the Swedish embassy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stole my passport. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to let you guys go on this one first. I want your opinions first. I'll go last. Brady Kachuk's comments yesterday with the fans booing, uh, a lot of passion in there. But what do you, first off, let's go with you, Eric. What did you think about the Brady comments? Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think that he meant it in a, a bad way, but he, he definitely worded that really wrong. Um, if, if you're a fan paying hundreds of dollars to go to a game and, and the team is consistently playing like garbage, you, do you full on have, have, have a right to boo? Like you're, you're paying it hard-earned money to go see them play. You want to see effort. Fair. What about you, Phil? What do you think? I agree with I agree with him 100%. Like, um, I didn't get into an argument with somebody, but, like, I did did, did say that, uh, well, like, 
I'm a season seat holder. First time ever, by the way, because I was thoroughly impressed with the, even though it kind of faltered down, down the stretch. I love what the boys were bringing to the table and I wanted to be a part of it more this season. So my wife and I, we were season seat holders for the first time, got a half season that started off just to see how many games we're going to go to and all that. And, um, I will tell you that the game I saw and even the last couple of games, but specifically that one that I was at was not what I paid for. It looked oh, that's- mentioned earlier about Forzy stopping uh, a beer league. Like you, you've seen goalies stop more pucks in a beer league game. That's what it looked like. It was just a bunch of guys putting sticks in the middle and you're all on this team and they, they when they played well, they played well. They played like a team. They played like Ottawa Senators. And when they didn't play well, they sucked. So, but Brady's uh, comments kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I I understand where he's coming from as a leader um, in a, one, a Canadian hockey market. There's only seven teams. But also as a captain, there's only 30, there's only 32 captains in the league, right? So, like, he could have worded it better and said, hey, like, listen, guys, like, we get it. We hear those boos. Um, we'll, we'll do better for We'll do better for the fans at home that uh, are coming to pay hundreds of dollars for us to see us, as well as the guys like you, you two, on the other side of Canada, right? Tuning in to and even spending money to get cable or streaming packages, right, to be able to watch watch your Senators play. Uh, and Brady. A little bit rubbed me the wrong way. I had to, to stay off Twitter for a couple hours before I, <laughs> I said a few choice words I didn't want to say. We we buy the gear too, and trust me, it's a lot harder to get in Alberta. Oh, 100%. It is. There was a Costco sale, and I think every Sens fan in Alberta went nuts on that hoodie that was on sale for like 30 bucks or something. Comfiest hoodie I have. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, so Brady were to get wrong. And the fans being right to boo is, I think, the right answer. And at the same time, Brady calling the fans out is also the right answer. I think both can be right. I think, and and I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna try and quote what the guy said this morning on TSN because I totally agree with it. So we didn't give up on the team because Brady said, you know, we don't give up on on the boys. You know, when, when things are going bad, if if everybody gave up on the boys, there'd be 12,000, 10,000 fans. There isn't. There's more fans than that. So we obviously did not quit. We're still paying money to go watch the games. We did not quit. Like you said, we pay hundreds of dollars, whatever. Even a cheap seat, don't matter. That's your hard-earned money, right? That's, say, 200 bucks, man. That's that's a decent chunk of a paycheck to go watch these guys. You have every right to boo the product on the ice. And no one's booing because... Oh, you guys aren't working hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. We're booing because we're not happy with what we're seeing on the ice. That's it. That's all. So I think I think both are correct and both were wrong. That's just kind of mm. how I see it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Uh, so so I was gonna close off with um, a tweet of the week, but I'm gonna wait for the next episode to do a tweet of the week. Uh, I want to end this one with. Um, something probably a little more important to talk about. So the line combinations right now has been thrown in a blender. Yes. 
it's, yeah. it's been ridiculous. It's been absolutely ridiculous. I wonder what you guys would think about reuniting the Brady, Norris, and Batherson line, just like the last game, leaving it like that, and then having um, when Greek gets back, Greek, uh, Stutzla, Tarasenko, and then you can have a combination of G, Joseph, and I want to see Schmeckel up on that third line. I think, like, no offense to G, but he's a little bit slower than he used to be, and he can still score, and I think him mentoring a third line can really get the point production up. I might be wrong. I'm, I'm, I looked at the line combinations that I put together on my phone here, and they made sense to me when I put them down earlier. You know, when I looked at them, I'm just like, I'm going to get roasted for these, so I kind of stopped myself there. <laughs> but, but do you guys think we should put the lines in a blender again, or do you think we should just kind of stick, make some lines right now, stick to that no matter what, let them get used to each other for a couple of games and see what happens. Phil, what do you think? Uh, seeing the production, seeing production wise and everything like that, like uh, Batherson needs to wake up. Um, I think I, I agree with you uh, putting the lines in the blender, um, especially if uh, once Riddler comes back, if you do bring up Smeckle, like we have the cap space right now to be able to make these moves and to try things out while Shabbat's on the, uh, on LTIR. Right, so we have like five million almost in cap, cap space. Bringing up Smeckle, putting him on a line with, uh, with with G, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you can have you can have that having having Brady on that line, like you said, would be good. Putting Stu down as well too. Like uh, we have the nice thing is in that top nine minus maybe how Bath is and whatnot, like production wise, like on paper, we have point of game players, whether they are injured and they play 60 plus games and score 60 points or damn well near point of game players in in that top nine. The only line that bothers me the most is our fourth. Dude, on on paper, we have great fucking players. We do, 100%. We have have really good players, dude. Players that like would literally be same position, top six on any fucking team. Like they're good. So I, what the fuck is going on? Anyways, Eric, what do you think? Line combinations, do you have anything in mind that you'd like to say that you think or two players you'd like to see play together or whatever? I just want to have have them pick a line and stick to it so they can actually build some chemistry. These line blenders of every other game is just not doing anything beneficial for the team at all. Um, you you need to have players have chemistry together and breaking them up all the time just isn't going to do it. Fair. And I said I wouldn't bring up a tweet of the week, but there is one that I thought about from earlier that I have to bring up, and it made me piss myself laughing. So TSN t- tweeted, uh, DJ Smith says that the outside noise does not bother him. Um, and then Sean Simpson. So Simmer says, funny, because last year he contacted one of my bosses at Bell Media because of a tweet that I put out about working smart, not hard. <laughs> so, so that's funny. So, so it, that kind of bothers me because it's just like, first off, someone was doing his job critiquing the team. It's you, media. That's their job. You, you pick it apart, you praise it. You ask the questions. Um, I didn't know DJ was that stuff, but it's not the first time. I think it was like, this is like the second time in like 24 hours that Simmer has said something about DJ essentially being a little bitch. Yeah, so, for sure. 
like I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. What do you think? Yeah, I seen it. I just laughed. It was so funny. <laughs> it was such a ever. soft tweet. <laughs> simmer beats. <simmer. laughs> Listen, simmer down there, bud. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, nice short episode, uh, which is kind of how we're going to keep it with everybody. We know that everybody's got better things to do than sit on a podcast for five hours, considering you guys have other podcasts to listen to, like the Lockdown Boys. We all love them. They're great. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, episode one. We're going to wrap it up, and we look forward to chatting again next week with everybody. Have a good one. Stay safe, and uh, let's watch some sense hockey. Go, sense go. Go, sense go. Go, sense go.